everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 24, The Black Baguette. Hello, Big Chillians, and welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. Eddie, Sam, I wanted to start off with a little update on the chicken sandwich wars. So for all our new listeners who don't know, we are ears to the ground on all chicken sandwich war info in the United States, and it is raging. So I bring it up because I don't know if you guys are watching NCAA tournament, and I don't know if you're streaming it through like an American thing, but KFC is clearly a sponsor because they are advertising their KFC new chicken sandwich like crazy. Have you seen this, either of you? I um, have not. I, I've, I saw someone on the internet say that the new KFC chicken sandwich is the best chicken sandwich. <laughs> that was like a review I saw, but I haven't seen any of the commercials for it. Oh, so it's it's literally every commercial break. One of the five commercials is the KFC chicken sandwich. So we were uh, went and got drinks on Friday. Was that the first day? Whatever the first day of the tournament was, uh, me and one of my friends had gone to get drinks, and he's he's a big eater. So like he loves fast food stuff. Whenever something new in fast food pops up, like he'll go and get it. It's just like he just loves to try all the new fast food stuff. And I know personally, he's like obsessed with all the chicken sandwich stuff. So that popped up and I said to him like, oh, have you had this new KFC chicken sandwich? He's like, yeah, I've had it. And I was like, all right, well, give me your rundown. Like, what's the best? What's the worst? And he said the Popeye's chicken sandwich is above and beyond the best chicken sandwich. He said the gap between the Popeye's and the next best is bigger than the gap between the second best and the worst. He said, that's how clear of a difference it is. His second choice, he said, was probably either the Wendy's and the KFC were right neck and neck. And then at the McDonald's was the worst. Even the new one was still the worst. What, what does Popeye do differently, according to him? He just, he just said that it's the, <laughs> he said it's the juiciest of the chickens, the crunchiest of the chickens, and the brioche bun is the best of the buns. I mean, I guess that sounds positive. Mildly creepy, but positive. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, the more I see these ads, the more I think I'm going to have to give a give them a run for my money. But I'd be KFC. willing to wait if 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 I can see Sam ink in a airline flight to Tucson, I will save and not go and wait for Sam to come. <laughs> well, international travel of- isn't isn't allowed in the UK at the moment. It, so that would be it's a- currently illegal, so that yeah. would be difficult unless I smuggle. But if you can get here, Sam, UPS plane. Sam, if you can smuggle yourself to Arizona, <laughs> just for a chicken sandwich. If you can get across the border, you'd be fine, Sam. <laughs> Such a middle class smuggle. <laughs> yeah, I, I KFC would rank really low on the fast food chains rankings for me. Sam, I know you're, you know, you- Is that because you're talking about like UK KFC you're comparing it with? Well, actually I think French KFC is just trash. It's garbage. Okay. It's, it's, it's disgusting and gross. So we're talking only about, we're talking about chicken generally here, not the sandwiches. I find fried, fried chicken in general, it always comes with an element of, even though I love a chicken sandwich, it always comes with an element of risk of just being like, greasy and like fatty and gross like just a really bad piece of chicken 
fried in a really bad way and you just it just don't enjoy it at all and that's what i find kfc to be here i can't even remember kfc in america really because i haven't had it since 1997 probably and i can't remember kfc in the uk because i haven't had that since 2010 so but my it would take a lot to get me back into a kfc so what would you go for at the moment on the market what's what's the offering for a, would go like a generic for, global takeaway chain. He'd go for the chain. 3 a.m. chicken shop across from Belushi's by London <laughs> Bridge. Oh, what? Well, chicken, chicken cottage. Chicken no, it's cottage, chicken yeah. cottage. Yeah, it's chicken. Um, global, fa- what's my favorite global fast food chain? It just varies so much country to country, you know? Like, I'd never go to the McDonald's. I'd never go to McDonald's in the U.S., but then I don't mind getting McDonald's in, in Paris or even the UK. Like I'm not going out of my way to get to a McDonald's, but I'm not like disappointed to end up having to get a McDonald's. Whereas in the US, I would avoid it at almost all costs. So like it really, I, it would be hard for me to pick a global one because it would depend so much on where I was. I don't remember the last time I've been to a McDonald's in the US. I know I've, I've been to one in France the one time that was what still probably like 10 years ago, but <laughs> like in the US, I can't remember. It's gotta be since university so about 20 over 15 years <laughs> 20 years How 15 old <laughs> uh, yeah no it's and there's some that i would go i mean there's some that i would go to happily like i like Ch- chick-fil-a i would go to hap- happily oh he said I, that chick-fil-a is like mediocre, mediocre. level I've probably even even though i'd risk like um E. coli or chipotle in a way is probably if i had to pick like a not that it's global but european and north american fast food chain that i think i would go to in almost any country in which it's present it's probably be chipotle even though it's well publicized issues with food sanitation what about nando's oh i'd happily go to a nando's don't consider it fast food no, it's it's like it's that it's that step above. It's a proper restaurant. So what are, is Five Guys fast food? Well, because the thing with I, Nando's is Nando's mm. primarily operates, and it may have shifted over time, but as a eat-in restaurant, like you can get takeaway and stuff, but it doesn't. The goal is not to get people to get takeaway. The goal is like you go and sit there and order your food, and it comes to you. There's a waiter. Like it's it's a proper yeah. restaurant. You don't walk out of it in a disgusting greasy box at 2 a.m. Like that's kind of the difference, really. Uh, Five Guys, probably the same, just like a step above. It's made to order in front of you and the intention as you eat it there. So it's like a premium fast food. Five Guys. Yeah. yeah. Nando's, Nando's, I would just consider a chain restaurant. A chain restaurant. I wouldn't even. And it's not even, to be honest with you, it's not even that fast. Like it's not slow, but they are just cooking food. chicken. They are cooking chicken food. to order for you on a grill. It's not exactly the fastest meal you're ever gonna have. Like I would never say, I've got 10 minutes to eat. I better <laughs> dip into this Nando's while they grill a whole chicken for me. So it's a new category. It's not fast, not slow food. Exactly. <laughs> Medium space. And now they do have they do have some great things. When I was in university, I used to love getting like the bottomless drink, which is obviously commonplace in the US, but not in the UK. That's a huge win. And they also do bottomless frozen, I'll say yogurt. But that was another big win as a university student. 
I think the non-bottomless soda is probably one of the most eye-opening European experiences for an American. It blows their mind. Yeah. My favorite is when you get into situations many a time back where we went to university, Sam and I went to university and there was a subway that was a very popular stop because we would stay open late. And a lot of people would drunkenly stop in that subway, which is not a bottomless drink place, right? Like you buy your cup, you're supposed to fill it. But people would routinely just treat it like a bottomless fountain. And so they would get their cup and then just go back and forth. And you would, depending on the evening, town on it. some people, some of the people working there would just go like, I just work at Subway and I don't care what happens here. And so I am not getting into a fight over whether this guy is going for his third Coke or not. But you'd have the occasional person working there who treated it as if that was their castle and that no one was going to get the like free refill. And you would just watch massive brawls break out over someone trying to get like a second Coke for free. Like going out <laughs> of their way, like like running from behind the counter and like chasing the yeah, person yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a losing battle against drunken British people. Yes, in which in 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 a scenario too where there were maybe two subway employees, but the subway itself is filled, so like there's no way you're ever going to get it, the situation under control. Benefit is, I guess, it's the UK, so no one had a gun because that would have as things would have escalated quickly yeah. in a situation. I didn't get shot. I got shanked. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Survived just just in yeah. the ICU for a really long time. I was bleeding out of my kidney, but at least I didn't have a hole in my chest. <laughs> I mean, it's literally exactly the opposite. Because if I go to a restaurant that has like a fountain and I'm getting something to go, I'll literally fill up my soda, take a decent drink of it, get like a quarter of it down and then refill it right before I leave. Like it's like oh. standard practice to to oh. quench your thirst, then refill and then leave. <laughs> this is, yeah, you never because then you'll get back to your table and have half of it anyway. And then you'll just be annoyed at what you've done. Yeah. But yeah, that's the classic trick in the UK with, is you just ask for water and then you get the glass and then well that's the chipotle move too right because chipotle gives you the free water but then people just use the the cup to to like take a coke or whatever yeah how are the viewers enjoying these tips yeah (laughs) no but (laughs) i get why like both scenarios make sense to me which is the cost of the fountain drink is virtually nothing so they may as well give you free refills if that's going to bring you in the reverse is the profit margin on the on the fountain drink is huge so if you're going to be you're going to order your meal and be satisfied with one coke if they can get you to buy a second one that's a major win for them well i think the other thing that that americans don't grasp is that most restaurants don't have fountains like i would say b- besides fancy restaurants or like one off restaurants any type of chain restaurant in the states has fountain drinks like no problem. Any pizza place you go to fountain, you know what I mean? So like when you go to a restaurant in, in Europe and then you order like a Coke and they bring you a bottle of a Coke, it really pisses people off. Oh, that's more of a, that's more of like a mainland Europe thing than a British thing. You, you'll very rarely get an actual glass bottle of Coke. Yeah. It depends country to country, but it is true that even fountains, fountains are less commonplace for sure. The only place you would see a a fountain here really is like either a McDonald's or a Burger King or in a bar. 
where someone's obviously they're using the fountain mainly for like doing a rum and Coke. But obviously if you're ordering a Coke now, if you order just a Coke, they'll probably give you a glass bottle of Coke or a can of Coke, yep. <laughs> but they do have the uh, fountain. I will. I, I actually I prefer sometimes the syrup stuff. Depends on the mixture, but when you get like a place a with a hangover. good mixture. Yeah. A hangover is better with syrup because the glass one is just too gassy when you drink, when you try and absolutely destroy it like with a drink. Well, well, that's the only time that it really angered me would be when you're hungover and we'd go like day after to watch NFL on like Sunday and we'd go in and I'd order a Coke and just down it. And it's like, oh, I could really do two or three more of these, but I'm re- am I really going to pay 10 euros for like to drink just like Coke or should I just start drinking again? And maybe that's why you become an alcoholic. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, just the right. economics of it. If, if that was your internal monologue, you should probably have a conversation about being an alcoholic. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true though. You know, you drink one Coke and you're like, oh, I could really have another, but it's like oh, three I euros for a Coke or three fifty for a pint. There, there are plenty, uh, there are, there are plenty of places I go to in drinks. Paris where a beer is less expensive than a Coke. Yeah. Like that's not uncommon to see where it's like, Oh, a Coke is five euros, but you could not a pint, but a half pint is three, three fifty four euros. So like there are moments where I'd, I'd almost prefer the Coke order, but you're like, am I, am I going to spend a euro more to have a Coke mm. versus having a beer? No way. Key tip. Ask for no ice. It's already cold. So what's, what's it a tip? Well, that only, only you get more, con- <laughs> you get more content. You get more drink. That's only, that's only if it's sort of a fountain for starters. Yeah, they of bring course. You a if bottle, it's in a glass bottle. It's not impacting somehow the, glass, somehow the glass gets bigger. Also, <laughs> also uh, Coke without ice, you're a psycho. What? Why? You gotta have ice cold. in a... No, it doesn't make the, the ice the people the ice isn't for the temperature of the drink. The ice to me is like it changes the flavor <laughs> flavor slightly. And it also it's like the 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 dynamic when you're drinking it. Like you have the the you can like feel the ice. Like that to me is a much it's not about temperature. Like ice changes, changes the drink. The flavor. That all that all that frozen water. I'll say the same with cider. <laughs> Cider with ice in it. It's not the temperature. Right. You, you can bring out. You can bring out a f- f- cider right out of your freezer, and also bring me a, a glass that's been in the freezer. And like, it's not a temperature thing, but you you put that ice in there, and then suddenly the whole experience of drinking it changes. It's not temperature. Damn it, he's right. I hate to admit it, but he's definitely right on. That's a great I tell you example. What, cider, cider's probably a your good strongest example. argument for that. Yeah, but you know what? I I have to credit. Not myself, but actually I probably credit Eddie Moore. My family never drank cider before I went to France. When I came back, I started drinking it more regularly, like good cider, not the shit cider that they have in the States with ice. And then that became a staple in the summer. My parents would always have like a yeah. nice cider on ice. And then people would be like, are you drinking cider with ice? And my dad be like, oh, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it, but I'm telling you, it's great. Was that Yoda? <laughs> but eddie this reminds me we we have several occasions talked about how good water can taste sometimes depending on your status so carissa bought a so we have a brita filter and we keep it next to our uh sink and we just fill it up and leave it by the sink carissa bought a bigger one that you put into the refrigerator 
and you kind of just pour on the top on the refrigerator and it's got like a little spout instead of, you know, like a poor Brita. So for the first week I was drinking out of it and I hated it because in the morning I don't like cold water. I don't think it's refreshing. So I had to bring back out the old pitcher so that way I could have a more room water, room temperature water when I wake up in the morning because I don't like the taste drink, of cold water in the morning. So, so in the morning when you wake up, you drink water? Yeah, you don't? It's no. meant to be good. It's a good start to the day. I, guess, yeah. I drink about, I literally drink three glasses of water when I wake up. The first, you, the, the first thing I have pint. to drink has to be like a tea or a glass of orange juice or something. Cider. Yeah, <laughs> cider with ice. <laughs> Vodka, no ice. Room temperature, please. But the, yeah, to me, I mean, on rare occasions, water will be the first thing I drink, like if I'm really, really thirsty. But for the most part, uh, it's going to be a non-water. It's going to be like a drink I associate mm-hmm. with the morning. It'll get like, your metabolism up. Water. I'm to me, always really, really thirsty in the morning. Like I am painfully thirsty in the morning well, be a good sign <laughs> just waking up in the morning oh. you're waking up dehydrated yeah. this might be an issue i do i wake up so dehydrated so speaking of food did you guys see the new burger in china so oh, only, only <laughs> yeah. because you sent it to me yes <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie but yes yeah so you saw the new meatball burger that they are trialing in uh, So China. wait, ex- explain this to me? Explain the meatball burger. No, no, like who? who is it? <laughs> is it just China as a country has? Yeah, just, just, just the general populace, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so McDonald's. So yeah, it's, um, it kind of seems pretty painful to have. Like, because it's, it's literally just stuffed with meatballs and like bolognese sauce. You must look like an absolute savage eating that. Like it Wait, is going to go re- everywhere. It really depends on what role it is. Because like, for instance, a meatball parm sub is a very popular sandwich in the States, but it's served on like a baguette style where it's split. But yeah, no, not a, no, you cannot do it on a bun. That is a recipe for disaster. Also on those fries below, have they drizzled chocolate sauce over the fries? Oh, Oh, I, I went a bit further with my oh he's not <laughs> there. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. Right. Items hold of on. the world. Let me just let me describe what can, can Sam I just has say, now put on the screen. Can, well, just say we'll we'll put it on our Instagram and people can follow us. Yes. To, yeah, to see. We'll it. have a rate, but, you know, hot or not kind of. But thing. I'm going to say the meatball sub, any variation of a meatball sandwich to me, totally overrated sandwich. Not mm. bad, but like. It, would it has to be, be a like really good one. It has to be like from like an Italian specialty deli that they have good meatball, fresh mozzarella. It's like really oh, good. Oh, fresh oh, mozzarella. They have the fresh mozzarella. Oh, what about that mortadella? Huh? <laughs> no gavagool. Oh, but my God. Let, 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 let me just, I just want to quickly describe. We'll put it on the Instagram. But first off, there's meatballs, but in addition to meatballs, there's then meat sauce. So there's like ground meat and meatballs together. It looks so unappetizing. It's a bolognese sauce. Ultimately, it looks like a bolognese sauce yeah. with lettuce, there, mayo. There's also fresh lettuce and mayonnaise on it. That and had to be. Oh, and a slice there's of no, cheese. 
there is no way that lettuce stays any type of fresh once it's put on top of a meatball smothered in bolognese sauce. Oh no, like, you're getting just... you're getting damp, like oh. disgusting lettuce, <laughs> like soggy what? lettuce. Uh, One could use the word in, moist. <laughs> yeah, mixed in with a bun that will have fallen apart. The and just just a mess of food. You're gonna need a fork uh-huh. for sure. This for is sure. yeah. You'll have to cut it in half at the very least to get some sort of structure to what you're doing because this is just chaos. This is absolute <laughs> chaos. <laughs> I'm like I'm furious at this level of chaos. <laughs> so. So for all our listeners, we'll have this up on Instagram by the time this episode comes out. So as we're talking about this, go to our Instagram right now and you can see what we're seeing. (laughs) So what are we giving this out of 10? Um, Oh, oh, like a a two, two. a two. Yeah, it's it's poor. Assuming assuming that the ingredients taste good. So it's at least salvageable on the basis that like, I don't want to eat McDonald's meatballs, but like if you're telling me give them the benefit of the doubt and that the actual core ingredients are edible. So, mm. okay, I'm eating some meatballs. I'll give it a two, but that's the only but the reason. the mayo is so as a, gross. As a sandwich, it's a zero. So that mayo just looks like so gross. So moving on in the world, we then have McDonald's white and dark chocolate fries. So these are just fries that. doused in dark and white chocolate. Oh, I'd eat it. Give it a try. It's quite, sweet, sweet it's and quite salty. Simple. Yeah, I mean, it's quite I like simple. I, I'm not someone who goes out of my way to like dip fries in a milkshake or whatever, but when you do, it is enjoyable. So there's a chance that this is okay. And there's a perception as well that it looks like mayo and barbecue sauce. So at least aesthetically, you can get past it. Glad you went for mayo because that wasn't where mine, where my <laughs> mind was going. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, those crazy Japanese and their meals. So yeah. that's one of those one. things, though, that would put you off so much if you thought that was barbecue and mayo and grabbed a few and ate it. Yeah. And then <laughs> realized that was not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this one is a mashed potato burger. So you've got mashed potato, two patties, and then what I guess are trimmings what? of like maybe bacon and lettuce and a sauce. Yeah, is that on the bottom there? It might be more mashed potato here. <laughs> My issue here is that burgers is too again, it's too big. I don't know how to approach it. But I don't hate the combination of the mashed potato with the burger. But I wouldn't go again, I wouldn't order it. I'd give it a go and it's probably not that bad, but it's just too big. Like in a sense, you need kind of like a small patty with a like where the mashed potato is sixty percent of the burger and you're basically just eating a mashed potato sandwich and hoping mm. that that's nice. I think they should I even, what they should really do is they should just have the ground beef mixed into the mashed potato and then just have that be the sandwich. Oh. So oh, Sam, this sure. is all, this is all from China, right? Well, there's one more. So there's far. two more actually. Okay. Yeah. So there's okay. no Japan and China. So the bottom okay, so, two are Japan, I believe. So the issue, so this is kind of like almost like a Salisbury steak kind of deal where, you know, you have like your, your, ground beef patty with the mashed potato on the side, except now they've put it in a sandwich. I agree with Eddie. The issue here is it's a double patty and it's so big that when you ultimately squeeze down to fit it into your mouth, as gross as that sounds, you're going to get a lot of oozing of the potato out. Keep keep talking, Frank. (laughs) We don't have those types of listeners. You're going to have mashed potatoes all over your hands and outside of your mouth. (laughs) 
<laughs> all over your face. But the, the, the reality, yeah. Here's the other thing is the Japanese ones, I give more benefit the doubt to because I just feel like the Japanese would get it right. Oh, well, the Chinese have one more offering for us to consider. Are we all ready for the Oreo and Spam Burger? This is an official collaboration of Spam. It is two big slices of Spam with Oreo cookie style pieces in, and it's still got the mayonnaise. Oh, God. Why is there noticeable? Mayonnaise? Noticeable that it's not an official, uh, it doesn't officially Oreo. involve Oreo. Oreo. No, Oreo style cookie pieces. Spam, spam desperate to get involved. Oreo, not yeah. so much. I mean, it's you must know it's a good meal when it is a staple part of the British war food effort <laughs> is in your burger. Spam spam gets a hard... Have you ever eaten spam? Like spam isn't okay. good, but it, it, gets, it gets a harder... The reputation it gets is not totally deserved. Yeah. Fried it spam is okay at most. Fried spam is okay. Like, it looks fried there. Yeah, yeah, it's cooked for sure. It looks like a big slab of like, it almost looks like gammon yeah. in a way. Like the, the, dis- the disgusting thing about spam is just how it looks coming out of the can. But if you do slice it. And the noise. It, yeah. It definitely makes yeah. that <laughs> noise as it comes out. <laughs> yeah. if, you do, if you do slice it and cook it, it's, it's not bad. It just tastes, it, I mean, it doesn't taste that dissimilar to cooked ham. So I mean, what gammon, about the, gammon is a good comparison. So what about the mixture here of... <laughs> cookie pieces of mayonnaise between now, two buns I'll, I'll tell you this i would be up to trying the spam oreo sandwich the mayo is extremely off-putting one because it's mayo but two like i said before it makes you think like it's almost the like liquid cream part of the inside of the I mean, oreo so you think it's going to be let's sweet. be clear let's be clear here we don't know for sure that that's mayonnaise Sam said it's mayo. He can. He said he can read it's, Cantonese. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, I agree with you. It's probably mayonnaise, but it it could also be something else. If it's like a Seat sweet mayonnaise? icing, no. If it's like a vanilla icing, I'm more on board. This this fundamentally needs to be a dessert sandwich, where yeah. the spam, spam the spam is like the salty addition to the dessert sandwich. It cannot be a normal sandwich sandwich or burger where the oreo is coming in as a sweet addition the goal has Mm. to be sweet with a little bit of salty in it if it's salty with a little bit of sweet that's just gross okay and yeah spam is like spam is like the poor man's pork roll or taylor ham not that you guys would know what that is but it's an east coast new jersey thing but this also reminds me of there's a thing called scrapple in pennsylvania which is pretty gross they take the leftover pork scrapings basically whatever they can't fit into any other pork product and they mix it all together with like cornmeal and wheat flour and then they like here wait i just want to read it it's the mush is formed into a semi-solid congealed loaf and slices of scrapple are then pan fried before serving i mean calling something a mush by definition yeah isn't good but it sounds disgusting, that but that's fundamentally the same description you would give to a sausage. Yeah. You know, like they're, they're not <laughs> probably it's, it's the same yeah. idea. Right. I've got one more. All right. This is the, our friends in Japan, but also our friends from Burger King. 
have created. They have this in the states. Surprise. So yeah, it's the black, a black buns. Burger. Yeah, I've 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 had a black bun burger. I've had a black bun so, Asian style burger too. There's a place called Goku in Paris where this is what they do. They're actually good. They're good. What's the, so what, this is, why is the bun black? It's it's charcoal, I think, but it, it has no, it has no impact on the taste. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> actually, the, the the bakery directly below my apartment they sell a black baguette, mm. and it's kind of cool to look at. Like we've bought them. It's a bit racist. <laughs> <laughs> They're bigger than white baguettes, so it's value for money. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> so it costs the same, but you get more. It's, it's a little bit longer, yeah. Um, but no, never. In all seriousness, they do sell. They do sell black. <laughs> they do sell black packet. It's um, it's the it's it looks it's just it's 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 not really black in a baguette form. It's kind of more dark purple. Oh my god! <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> but the inside, all everything, like the crust is black, all of the inside is black, and um, I bought bought one and expect it to taste different because it obviously looks really different. It tastes exactly like a normal baguette, well, and the the baker was admitted it was just an aesthetic thing. So the black baguette well, tastes thing. just like the white baguette. Exactly, no they're all the same, but it's just bigger. <laughs> yeah, a baguette's a baguette. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we, so should, this treat is all, also and we got, should treat all baguettes the same so this has charcoal cheese as well so the cheese is black and also the ketchup is black because it's infused with squid ink oh my oh. god oh wow <laughs> that, was that upsetting for you sam it it really hit home i thought i this is more an awareness campaign than it is me saying would you eat it or not just realizing sam, how barbaric sam inked is. himself when he read that <laughs> yeah what you see here is... <laughs> but yeah the, uh, this is definitely the strangest story on spam for me. i'd eat i'd eat the stranger. the black bun in a heartbeat Wouldn't yeah i think i'd eat this one that that but, i'd happily eat that probably just tastes like a normal burger yeah it does if, you, but... if if he blindfolded you and gave it to you and just you'd just be like this is a fast food burger Without making it sound like, without making it sound, yeah, gave you a black baguette, you wouldn't know. Get her not. hit the back of your throat. Eddie doesn't see color. (laughs) But without this sounding like a kink, I'd prefer it blindfolded because you remember ages ago in the UK, they created like green ketchup, Heinz did. I, I don't know yeah. if it was just a UK thing. Like, I hated it. It was exactly the same, but it was an aesthetic problem. Whereas the black, for me, has that aesthetic problem. But isn't that, that one I'm of those... so convinced it will be different. Isn't that one of those things with ketchup, right? Like, ketchup used to be made out of all different types of fruits and vegetables. And then mm-hmm. Heinz came along and basically turned us all into, like, we now just... Ketchup means tomato ketchup. But the reality mm. is, is that yeah. we've gone back 150 years, they were, and now you get like high end, like cherry ketchups or whatever, but like, yeah. yeah, great show on history channel foods that built America. Great special on the, uh, high inventor of Heinz ketchup and all the different iterations he went through. Well, speaking of great shows about history, based on the recommendations that Frank made, uh, well, last week that came out of the no, 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 no. 
not a recommendation. I said there was, you said that you're Mr. Pirate and you like to dress yeah. up with your eye patch and run Mr. around with Pirate, your swords. Yeah. <laughs> and I told you there was a new one on Netflix. Yeah, so The Lost Pirate Kingdom, which is a relatively new series on Netflix. I'm three episodes in and uh, it gets a D probably, maybe maybe an F on a hard marking. The It's hard to know what's good about it. The only... The only I'll give it a break because I'm assuming it may have been filmed or produced during the lockdown. And so that things that might have been able to be filmed like either on location or on something resembling location are instead filmed either in a studio or like a random park. And then they've got horrible graphics to try and make it. Kind of I'm just saying, just like the acting is terrible. So it is basically you're watching it. There's an you're watching a sh- like it being acted out, but then there's a narrator who's kind of every once in a while coming in to give a new piece of information, and then they're cutting to historians who are sharing with you some historical background at different moments. So are they the acting, so is it based on true stories? Yes, it's just telling you the reenactments. History. It's Wait, telling you so, the history of pirates. So the lost pirate kingdom is a true story. Is there a lost pirate kingdom? Well, they're essentially talking, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not that far, right? But they're essentially talking about the, the pirate town establishment in the Bahamas at Nassau. Like that's, oh, Nassau, yeah. Yeah, that's basically, if you've watched Black Sails, anyone who's watched, it's basically telling you the historical, the true histor- historical story of Black Sails. From a 15-year-old's iPhone in his basement. <laughs> yes. And Sounds like a horror film that way. Also, every once in a while, weirdly graphic sex scenes that go on for just a little too long. Like there are moments where it's unclear whether you suddenly just switch channels and you're now watching softcore porn. It's very odd. Um, And and I was like the Game of Thrones. They watch Game of Thrones and they're like, all right, guys, what can we take from this? And they didn't take any of the stories, any of the elaborate character development. They're like, Hey, people like the sex scenes. Let's throw that in there. <laughs> and there's no, there seems to be no purpose to the sex scenes. Like they, they're just at different moments. Like the worst one is in, I think it's episode two. They have the character of Blackbeard under the skirt of Anne Bonnie, the famous female pirate, mm-hmm. just going down on her. So you just get a seat of her moaning and then he pops up, wipes his black beard. <laughs> then, they kiss. then they go into more sex and, and there's no, it's not afterwards. There's no significance of the relationship between the two. So it's not like, well, Blackbeard and Anne Money established a close friendship and relationship that like influenced this and that. It's just like, well, there's two people fucking and now let's move on to the next thing. Like, It's very, very odd. Um, that is my watch, though, right? That was yeah. that was the life. Was yeah, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch all of it. Um, of course, you are. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Have uh, they got like? Have they? Have they included like the Spanish and the British in it as well? Um, have they done them really generically as well? So that's just the other issue. There's multiple times where the pirates are interrogating. So there's the kind of thing that kicks it all off, right, is a Spanish ship, which people will be familiar with, that Spanish ship that sunk, that had... Oh, with all the gold. Exactly, the equivalent of billions of dollars on it. Um, So there's that, and there's a moment where they're trying to locate this sunken treasure. And so they start interrogating this Spanish guy. And 
they just speak to him in English, which he doesn't see. They, he gives no indication that he speaks English, but they're like, tell us where the treasure is. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> and then they just become more physical with him. And then eventually he just, yeah, and then eventually he just, <laughs> and gives then in. they have sex with him. <laughs> and at one moment, too, there's like one of the guys goes, Does anyone here speak gibberish? And obviously, in reference to the Spanish, but it's, um, it's not good. And then, as I've sent you little clips, there's just random, the unintentional comedy level is pretty high. And no, I don't, are you think sure it's unintentional? Yes. The, the swearing things where they just have randomly they cut. They just cut, like, they do a lot of scenes that end with just a guy being, like, and then they stole his ship. And then they just cut to his face. It's like, fuck. (laughs) There's no real reason for it. Yeah, your your Blackbeard story completely confirms my Game of Thrones theory because it just reminds me of the Jon Snow cave instance. They probably saw that scene of the episode where, like, see, that's what we need. More oral sex. (laughs) terribly done now the the only good thing about the show is if you're not familiar with the geography of the caribbean great way to learn it uh and obviously over the course of this podcast we've spoken about geography at different times because frank you've brought up that i think it was the great british bake-off or whatever the non-bbc and you don't pretend like you don't know what it is well bbo isn't isn't it different now it doesn't have a different name now but it's not in the BBC. No, no, no. They bought the essentially no, they, they bought, bought like the franchise of it. So. Yeah. So yeah, you you brought up the fact that uh, you weren't really familiar with British geography, and that was a challenge. And Sam, when we were doing the March Madness picks, you obviously didn't know where some of the schools were based. So so I thought we could do a little little head to head here, where we see uh, which one of you knows the other person's geography better. Ooh, ooh. Okay, it's, so, I, I, I am not going to be good at this. So it's five questions, and I'm going to give you the opportunity. If the other person doesn't get it, the other person can steal. <laughs> That's going to be even worse okay. when either of us can't get our own countries. We're just stuck on the question trying to steal. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Question number one. In which county... Is the city of Birmingham located? Ooh. Okay. I have no idea. I know where Birmingham is in relation to England. I know it's basically in between London and Manchester. It's like kind of the middle ground. Whilst correct, it's one of the most American things you could have said. (laughs) More, uh, I know a little more two cities, and it might be in between there. Uh, I have. I don't even know a county in. I know, like Yorkshire. You don't don't know. Okay, okay. Well, that's going to make this, this going to be a challenge because counties might, might be quite a might be difficult. Sam, can you steal that question? It's one of the Midlands, um, east or west? West. Yeah, West Midlands. You're correct. Was that your final answer? because you you hesitated you hesitated between east and west so i'm just verifying that you know i will verify west yes okay 
West Midlands is correct. You have stolen that point. Now, Sam, your question about American geography, and this is tougher, I will say, fundamentally, but I don't think so uh, because I can't imagine anyone has ever places. taught the English counties. Okay, um, well, Oral Roberts, as you uh, may be well aware, Sam, has been on a little bit of a surge in March Madness, destroying a few brackets. In which state is Oral Roberts located? I feel like it's, I'm going to say like one of the, it's a religious school, right? You know what? I'm just going to go with my gut. I want to say Maine. <laughs> no. like you just openly laughing at him. Uh, what's the answer, Frank? Oklahoma. Correct. I was going to go with one of like the religious dates, but that also didn't have to necessarily mean I, that it was a religious it, school. Is it Tulsa? It is Tulsa, yes. Question well, we number know, two, Frank. We know our country so far. How many counties touch the city of London? Border the city of London, shall I say? Well, at least I can actually make a guess here. Yeah, it is a number, so you can... Let's see. I'm going to go six. Incorrect. Sam, can you steal? Fuck. I want to say seven, but I'm really worried that you said the city of London and there is like... No, no, no. It's not a trick question. So there's not like Middlesex. You're not going to bring up Middlesex or something like that. No, no, I'm going to go seven then. I'm going to go seven. The correct answer is four. Okay. I was was closer. Do I get a point? Middlesex, Essex, Surrey, and Kent. Wow. I put like Essex, Kent, Sussex, Surrey, Buckinghamshire, Hertfordshire, Berkshire. Wow. You're just naming random shit now. There's no way those are counties. (laughs) Okay. uh, Sam, how many states border California? Oh, this is a tough one. Five. Incorrect. Frank, what's your answer? Four. Please don't be right, because that's what I was going to guess. It's only three. It's Arizona, just or- Nevada, Nevada, and Oregon. Nevada, it's- Oregon, Utah Oregon. doesn't? Utah does not. No, Utah's the other side of, totally the other side of Nevada. God, yeah, that's true. I thought there was, oh, uh, yeah, fuck. Obviously. Don't worry, that's if bad. it keeps going with counties, it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's tough otherwise. Frank, how many counties are there in the United, in England, actually? Not in the United Kingdom, just in England. Okay, well, there's four that surround London. <laughs> so it's over four. Correct. I'm going to so go far. 16. Incorrect. Sam. 18. Can I get a second guess? <laughs> yes, double incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one. <laughs> uh, right, so there's not that many Southwest. There's only like four. There's not that many up north. I've labeled about seven around home counties. I want to say, like, is there like a plus or minus here that you would have given? Because he's got it wrong, but I don't think. No. I'll probably go, I'll probably go like, probably like 29, something like that, 29, 30, I'd probably say. Close. It's 27. 
So pretty cool. Sam, your question. In which state is the Statue of Liberty located? That's New York. <laughs> it's, which is, oh my God, this is embarrassing. Wait, are you questioning where New York City is? <laughs> this is like, no, where New York City. But I'm not sure if like, I, I don't know, like... State. I, I just, yeah, I just can't remember the state. Wait, 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 wait. Let me try and work out what you're trying to think here. Are you trying to figure out where the city of New York, what state that is in? Yeah, yes. if it's not a state in itself. Is it a state? No, it's not a state in itself. God, I'm an idiot. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to work out what state New York is in. Um, We're going to have to push you for a final answer here, Sam. You're going to have to say yeah. some combination of words. Sam, I'll, I'll give you, you know, I, I'm going to just get it is. No, a state, no, no, Sam. no. Oh, don't listen to him necessarily, Sam. Yeah, I, I even though Frank has just said saying, I, I don't know it. I just don't know. So you're not even going to hazard a guess. I, I don't even know what to guess. Like Rhode Island's wow, wrong. This, wrong. This is why this is like watching a person just crumble in, in front of our very yeah, own eyes. I'm just crumbling under pressure now. So I bailed. I'm just so a no answer, Frank. Can can you steal? Yeah, I'm just worried that this is a trick question, and I should I should definitely know if it's a trick question too. Being from New Jersey, so I don't know if technically it's in the waters of New Jersey, or if it's considered the waters of New York. Well, you'll have to you'll have to guess which one is it. Fuck it, I'll go New Jersey. Correct. Supposedly, this is nice. a point of contention between amongst locals. I figured. But, uh, Liberty Island is in the waters surrounding it are in New Jersey. The Hudson. Yeah. The reason I guess is oh. we used to take our boat. We used to take our boat all the time to go there. It's actually not a far ride from where our boat used to be kept. But yeah, Sam, New York is a state. Okay. So sad. <laughs> Okay, Frank, can you name the five largest cities in England? Oh, okay, finally. All right, something I have an, a, a reasonable chance. <laughs> London. Correct. Manchester. Correct. Liverpool. Incorrect. <laughs> really? <laughs> nope, not in the top five. Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 you're out. You're out. Sam, can you Ooh. steal? Ooh, so there's okay. three. Sam has to name all three. That's why I also want to stop you because if you name like one more correct, it technically makes Sam's job easier. Hold on, wait, wait, Sam. Before you guess, I want to write down what my other ones would be. Why do I have to wait? Oh, okay. Because I, I might say them. Okay, <laughs> I was thinking like I'm not going to see what you're writing. <laughs> it's a magic trick. Gives me time to think because I think you've said England, haven't you? Yeah, specifically okay. England. Okay, I don't think I've got them, but I mean, I think I've got at least one <laughs> so what more. Did actually, you, actually did hold on a second. You, I need to yeah. apologize to Frank because whilst the list I'm looking for claims to have the five largest cities in England, it has listed a city outside of England, which has bumped Liverpool back into the top five. Yes! Oh, I'm back in the game. So a little so bit of drama just... here. So there's two left to name. So what you're looking for, the third and fourth? Uh, yes. Okay. No, second and fourth, actually. Birmingham? Manchester is Manchester is the third. Birmingham is the second. 
So now oh. you just have to name the fourth largest city in England. Can I get a, if I ask something, can you give me a clue? I'll let Sam decide that. If I do, then Sam gets a clue on his next question. We'll, we'll let him have the clue. That's okay, nice. what's the clue? Is it Is in it... the north? Oh, I could have gone for a better clue. You could have asked a better clue than this, but yes, it is. Leeds? Correct. Yeah! You really went Leeds. Wow. I thought you were going to do, I, I, I thought the clue you were going to ask was like, do they have a team in the Premier League or something like that? I thought yeah. that was. Well, I figured. That's pretty impressive I, to guess Leeds. Well, because what I was thinking was I was trying to put each area of England and trying to pick where the big cities were. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be, if I figured it'd be either one up north or down south. All right, Sam, same question for you, but five largest cities in the United States. Oh, this is tough. Is this current, Eddie? Um, I mean, as current as my internet search results could be. And actually, right. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask for a clarification on his behalf. Is this like the greater area when they talk about cities? Uh, cannot tell you that either. Okay. But, and I don't know, don't assume that some major shift as a result of the pandemic and stuff. I don't know how up to date these results are. So let's say, think of them as of 2019 fundamentally. Okay. All right. So New York. Correct. Number one. Top three are easy. He's off, he's off to a flyer. Well, they're not. <laughs> like, um, Chicago's pretty big. Correct. So I'll probably that go Chicago. Number three. Oh, shit. There's a second. Okay. Um, well, by definition of top five, there's a second. <laughs> um, San Francisco isn't that big. Seattle. Oh, I don't know how big Seattle is. I hope our listeners uh, are enjoying this as much as I am. Yeah. <laughs> what me just like ticking through the head. Okay. And, um, and, and me as well. Just like having no. And I'll clue. say you you, you get we, one you get one clue for this set of questions. Use it when you want. But you LA. get one clue. LA is correct. That is number two. So he's got one, two, and three. Yeah, so four oh, and five, okay. it oh, becomes shit, more challenging four and five, it has to be said. But uh, you do have one clue that okay. you can ask for. I'm trying to do it by, like, most populous states. So, like, I want to say somewhere in Texas. So, like, Houston. No, hang on. Dallas or Houston. Um, <laughs> That's like when someone has a chess move and they move it, but they don't put their fingers off. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I didn't, I didn't no, 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 no. Okay, let's do... Houston. Correct. Number four oh, on the list. I don't know the fifth. I'm gonna, okay, I've got a clue. Okay. Um, okay. Do they have... Does their state have a NFL football team? Yes. Okay. Probably could have gone for a better clue there too, but... Oh, really? You, okay. you, only knocked a few, you only knocked a few states out there, and you also... There's a few states with multiple major cities that you have, so you haven't narrowed it down too much. Yeah, damn it, I haven't, have I? Can I have another clue? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, New Orleans is probably pretty small. I, you know what? I'll probably go like... <laughs> Listeners are thrilled with anticipation. Yeah, what's your answer? 
let's just go let's just go seattle incorrect frank can you steal it phoenix correct boom oh, God damn how it. did the how did the felix suns fanboy not know that he was supporting the fifth largest city of the united states <laughs> and it will be it will be fourth in like five years <clears throat> oh wow ambitious wow. growth projected <laughs> Whoa. from frank yeah. duca <laughs> we're gonna go from fifth to fourth <laughs> well i'm not personally saying it. it's just the projections i mean the gap is not well i guess it's six hundred thousand people so it's fairly large the growth rates of the two suggest phoenix huh? and that's why i asked the greater area because phoenix is like really sprawling what they consider phoenix well i'm i think that seals the win for frank doesn't mm. it nice work yeah it does yeah what, what did you have frank. another one yeah, but well, I'll save Just it. Give me for another, another England time. one. Just give me another England one. As long as it's not yeah. counties. Don't give me counties. Hell, I like, don't even I'm impressed <laughs> that I even knew close to where Birmingham was. <laughs> yeah, see, I think that's a good testament right there. If Sam doesn't even know how many counties there were, that it must not be that popular of a thing. He was pretty close, but it's not taught in the same way as there are 50 states. Yeah, it's not I was going to say, Eddie, ask me how many states there are. <laughs> I won't be pretty close. <laughs> yeah, you don't really get taught counties in the UK or England. You just get taught kind of like what's around you. All right, Sam, I'll give you a very common trivia question. How many states start with the letter A? I got four at the moment. I got four, but I'm struggling now. So Alaska, Arizona, Alabama, Arkansas. You are correct. Those are all states. Are there any more? I can't think of any more. So it's four, your final answer. I'm going to go four. Yeah. Correct. Oh, there we go. I'll I'll give you a what should be. A relatively straightforward one here, Frank. Which okay. river runs through Liverpool? Liver. <laughs> Liver River? <laughs> pool River? <laughs> yeah, the clues are the name. It's a liver going into a pool. Um, I have no idea. I'll guess Manchester River. Interesting guess. It is. It's a shame, life. really, because your answers before this have been really good, and then you just throw that. What was that one? What is it? Donkey. It's the Mersey. Oh, hence, hence the Merseyside Mersey Derby. Derby. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I thought you might have got it. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Oh fuck! I should have realized that. Are they well, on other sides of the river? No. Are they just close to the river? Um, not particularly. The actual stadiums themselves. Oh, Everton's new one's going to be on it, isn't it? Yeah, gonna but the existing the ones. Literally on the river, like an island? Yeah, it's just going to float. Yeah, it's just going to float. No, no, I'm serious. I'm actually kind of serious. <laughs> no, no, no. Right on the edge, like on the bank okay. of the river. Um, just a bunch. Oh, we played Everton today. Yeah, whereabouts are they? Oh, they're near Dublin. That's the first. <laughs> yeah, that's the first <laughs> challenge. You don't know where the actual match is going to take. They listen to the Michael Scott 
suggestions on negotiation and they last minute changed the location <laughs> of their of their stadium. All right, well, I got one English geography question right, so I can be proud of that. Yeah, and look, maybe that will help the I know that you watched the Six Nations over the weekend. That obviously helps fill you in on UK geography. Um, <laughs> it was a thrilling, not finish to the Six Nations, but because the France-Scotland match that was delayed earlier in the tournament because of COVID is now taking place this Friday. Uh, but a thrilling conclusion to Wales' bid to win the Grand Slam, which is to win every match in the tournament. Uh, Fair up- bid. <laughs> yeah, they were up by 10 points with 10 minutes remaining. And in the last last play of the game, uh, conceded a try that meant that France beat them uh, and gives France slim hopes of winning the Six Nations. They need to beat Scotland with a bonus point. Um, fundamentally, they just need to beat Scotland by more than 20 points on Friday. Which will be tough, I think. Yes, it- I mean, that's not going to be but there's easy. Some interesting, but there's some interesting problems is that the English clubs haven't, I don't think they've yet agreed if they're going to release the Scottish players because it's gone outside of the international window. So <laughs> the you sound it, it sounds like they've like got them in lockdown, like in like dungeons. cages. <laughs> We're not going to release them. <laughs> well, there's a reason they're so pale. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I watched the whole match. So... I don't watch too much rugby. So my first question was in terms of finishes, how like dramatic, interesting, like unusual of a finish was that? Because to me, the two things that I think were crazy was that Wales was in the lead. Then France had that try, but then it got overturned and they got a red. So at that point you really like you thought oh here comes france they're gonna end up coming back and winning and then it gets called back and they get the man sent and you're like oh wait never mind like wow what a change of events wales is gonna hold on and then instantly collapsed and fell apart and actually went down a man and lost at the at yeah. the last play so for yes so wales france scored a try the try was then reviewed there was a video review in during which prime uh, before the try was scored, there was an incident where a French player was then sent off. So given a red card, meaning they cannot return the French team then played with 14 men for the remainder of the match. Then in the final 10 minutes, Wales had two yellow cards. So sin bins. So like a hockey penalty box where those two players were sent to the sin bin for 10 minutes where the, players they can't return which because it was in the final 10 minutes of the match fundamentally they're off for the remainder of the of the game so now the france reds would have been the same though right like had he gotten a yellow would have been all 10 anyway because i think it was within the last 10 wasn't it Mm, no i think it was just just before the 10 yeah just before but fun yeah it wouldn't have been far off but yeah so very very unusual to see 14 men playing 13 men in an international rugby match um, in terms of seeing a match one with kind of the last play, it's on unu- It's not that unusual. I mean, it does. They've been famously like Japan scoring that try against South Africa to win in the world cup in 2015. Um, you see a number of like penalties or drop goals right at the, right at the end, um, to win it. But so it does about when you combine but... that with like the back and forth of like the penalties and like the try being called back, but then like 
whales having two people sent off or in the sin bin. The number of players being sent like yellow or red carded in the final 15 minutes of the match, that's pretty unusual. I mean, like highly unusual. And then I guess you'd also say Wales at the moment at which France were down to 14 men were the overwhelming. I mean, for a team to lose a match where they were up 10 points and up a man in the kind of final 10, 10, 11 minutes, that's as far as I know, almost unheard of in an international rugby match. And then Um, with... The interesting thing about that is that was Wales's first two cards of the Six Nations, and they get two of them within like the last 10 minutes of their end of Six Nations, which has probably not cost them the title, but has cost them the Grand Slam. Now, are, were all of those cards legit? So the second uh, Welsh sin bin, I think, is soft, but not incorrect. But it's one of those where on another day you could have the same interpretation and the player isn't sinbind. Was um, that the one where he was continually being offside? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that that one is like a little soft, but it's not incorrect. If you're Welsh, you can probably say a lot of times they would have just given the penalty and another warning. Like, especially on the back of having just sinbind, because normally you see it as like an accumulation of infringements. And so, like, in a sense, almost that that next sinbin would have kind of restarted that count, not fully restarted, but at least not said, like, well, from now on, every penalty you give away, the player's going to the sinbin. Um, so, I, if you were Welsh, you'd probably be a little bit upset by it. I did like, I did watch the interview afterwards with Alan Wynne Jones and uh, the Welsh player captain, and they were speaking to him. And you can tell when an athlete just has no interest in being interviewed after a match. And the questions that he was being asked by the interviewer were so like the basic sports questions. So it was things like, so Alan, having been up 10 by 10 points with 10 minutes remaining, you must be really disappointed to have lost that and blown your grand slam chances. And he was just like, yeah, yes, yes, we're disappointed. We're more disappointed just to lose, not don't care about the grand slam. I mean, he doesn't, he didn't mean don't care, but like first and foremost, like the situation you're in, no context of the sort of previous matches that you played. And then just time and time again, she just kept asking the most bland questions and you could just tell that he would have wanted to be in anywhere else on earth at that moment. I mean, I will say that Wales have had their fair share of luck with sendings off before that point, you know, with the, with the Island game with refereeing decisions as well, uh, especially in like the first three games. So I will, I, I, a lot of my family are Welsh. I don't really have karma for seeing it kind of get overturned. It's a really unfortunate way to lose a Grand Slam, but they have had a lot of things go their way to get to the point of going for a Grand Slam anyway, in my opinion. I think one of my favorite parts about watching the rugby is that the ref is mic'd up and you can literally oh, hear what he says. I, it's it's so amazing. And every time it's like, it never fails like I maybe it's just because you don't ever hear it in the states that even though I've watched a bunch of matches and I know it happens like it still gets me every time like even the my favorite one for that last match was the when they were talking about the red card while he was reviewing it um the french player just kept coming over and like saying stuff to him he was like he's like shush 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 he's like just just shut up shut up shut up he told me like three times it's a shut up it was so good i was like oh man that's awesome <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and rugby, right, unlike other professional sports, has has managed to maintain that level of reverence and respect for the referee that, like, football's just does. You couldn't mic up a, already in the right. kind of no stadiums and hearing more things. You hear the way players talk to referees and that you get players telling referees to fuck off and all sorts of things. Yeah, you, you, couldn't have, you couldn't have a situation where the referee was mic'd up in the way also rugby is a little bit different you know you get to hear that interaction of the referee kind of warning players not that he's acting as a coach right but he is trying to help the players avoid infringements at different times so mm -hmm. he is telling them you know get back on side or you know you're off your feet stop competing for the ball like he is telling them those things in an, in an attempt to kind of get the game to flow so hearing those bits and pieces too is interesting but i do agree with you it's a nice aspect to hear them work through the process um, yeah that's what I like about it is when you, when they go to like the video ref and they really talk through it with them, they're like, the reason I have called this is uh, to see if the ball was grounded or something like that. That's the only reason we're looking at it. Or when they explain like why someone's been sent off or why a penalty was given against them. It is fascinating actually to the, watch. The, yeah. The down, the downside of that, right, is when you then have the like knock on decision in the England Wales game is you then get to listen to people kind of butcher the law and give some weird interpretation that they've had of, of you know, how it how it could play out. It's interesting comparing it to right, because there's a little bit of controversy in cricket where uh, Virat Kohli, the Indian captain, has become a big supporter for the idea for any of our uh, listeners not familiar with cricket, but it has the same kind of video review system and it has like the Hawkeye ball tracking that you, you know, you see in tennis um, and they use that for certain types of dismissals. And they have one of the ways that they traditionally, you had the idea that the benefit of the doubt is given to the batsman, to the batter, but then you also had obviously that the, there's a respect for the umpire's decision. And in a way to try and keep that respect for the original decision of the umpire, they basically put in a margin for error in which the original decision of the umpire stands, even though the ball tracking is supposed to be 100% accurate. So if you imagine from a baseball perspective, if you could challenge a strike call and then they went to the ball tracking and they showed that it was like just clipping, like it kind of should be a strike, but it was right on the edge of the zone. But because the umpire originally called it a ball, it can't be changed to a strike. And there's growing frustration with that in the cricketing world. And Virat Kohli has come out and said, it makes no sense. Like if the ball tracking says you're out, you should be out. Like, well, why on earth should the original decision change anything? And why should the same delivery potentially end in two different results. Like if in one instance, the referee says out and then they go to the ball tracking and it shows that it was just clipping, then the out decision stays. But in another instance, exactly the identical delivery, the on-field decision was not out and then the not out decision stays. So he's publicly saying that it needs to be changed. It's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a slippery slope to getting rid of umpires in all respects then because you can have technology that looks for a no ball. You can have technology that will do the LBWs. You already have like, if the bales light up, it's out kind of thing. It, I just feel like that would just be another way. I think the umpire's call validates the human ability to do what they're doing. And I really value it when it's like, wow, they got it so close and they still got it. 
I think that's a, really you're such a you're such an optimist, Sam. What a what a like nice interpretation of the controversy of like, wow, look at what a good effort that was by the umpire. He was so close yet again. Technically wrong, but close. Sam, I, I yeah, I was going to go for the exact opposite. Like, isn't the point of all this technology that eventually we can rule out human opinion and judgment and and have clear yes or no's on every single call? Uh, VAR seems to be going against that, but yeah. And, and <laughs> the, cricket, the cricket system, right, is similar to the tennis for any non-listeners. Like, you have a certain number of challenges, or like the NFL. So the on-field decision of the umpires still will, even if you have full sort of ball tracking to make the decisions that go to the review, the on-field decision is still going to make up 98% of the game. It's only I feel in... like I feel like cricket, though, does a really good job in... Or maybe not does it doesn't do a good job, but it has the benefit of the technology really working to be able to to make a lot of calls. You know, there's there's a lot of less judgmenty things that like you know, for instance, like the sound, if if the ball hits the bat and things like that, you know, being able to track the sound. Yeah. Or like you know, like the hawkeye and all of that, that works really well. Whereas some sports, the technology still isn't it doesn't really benefit the calls a lot. Yeah, no, I think cricket and tennis are sports where the technology, it's its re- super easy to see the role that technology mm-hmm. could have play in helping them to make decisions. And also the nature of it being like individual events helps you to, to kind of have the technology step in without disrupting the flow. I mean, baseball would be the same, right? Like there's no reason baseball could have exactly the same way that cricket works and you should be able to challenge balls and strikes, but you're limited to a certain number of challenges over the course of the game, and you could instantly have the overruled call. Like, there's there's no reason that they can't do that. Um, the one gray area in cricketing like video review, which came up actually on, I think it was Saturday, in the England-India game, was a, an, an instance where an, a catch was maybe taken, the English player, David Milan, thought he'd got his hands under the ball before they hit the ground. The Indian players didn't think that he had. And with the system in place that they have now, the on-field umpires have to give an original decision. Like they have to say out or not out. And then the video review is influenced by whatever the, you know, like similar to the NFL, you need an yeah. overwhelming amount of like information to overturn that decision. And so they gave a soft signal, as they called it, of out. And then it was just totally unclear as to whether or not he'd call it, which the spirit of the game would suggest that the benefit of the doubt should go to the batsman and that he should be allowed to stay. But because you have the soft signal of out, they have to stick with the on-field decision because it's unclear and they can't overturn it. And that's another instance where it kind of feels, Virat Kohli's response to that was, maybe sometimes the umpires don't need to give an on-field decision. Maybe they should be able to send it for review saying, we just don't know come up with the best possible answer. What if that's inconclusive though? Then the benefit of the doubt would go to the batsman, right? So that's, 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 and that's a principle of the sport. You know, like that's always been the case. But it does seem harsh in a way to be like, we're not actually sure he caught it, but an umpire 70 yards away in the, in the heat of the moment decided he had to give some decision before he sent it up for video review. And the guy who caught it looked pretty convinced. So he gave the decision out and now it looks pretty iffy, but we got to stick with that one. That was one of the things I did used to like about cricket is like before technology, people would acknowledge and walk 
there would be no challenge. There'd be no contemplation of like, that's wrong or something like that. Some people would even just walk before like a decision was given as well. <laughs> They'd just be like, before the umpires conferred or something like that, they'd already be walking. And I always used to think that was quite respectful. Start walking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I did bring up the chicken sandwich wars in reference to the NCAA tournament. The most, I think, disappointing part about all these upsets is that it was it is setting up so nicely for a person who just makes random picks to have done really well in someone like Sam the Squid. But unfortunately, Sam the Squid randomly picked a lot of the favorites and is not doing so well in his tournament yeah. bracket. Well, I'm it's furious about this because this would have genuinely been quite incredible if I had picked these 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th seeds, yeah. 14th seeds, whatever, that would have been overturning people, even randomly, yeah. that would have been impressive which really well, sucks. Yeah, it's the downside, right? We re we reacted to your initial bracket picks being like, wow, you picked such an incredibly good bracket. Um, as it turns out, you picked an awful bracket, but on paper, it looked really good. Uh, that yeah. goes for most people. In our bracket challenge, for um, you are rock bottom. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you he are. still has Gonzaga alive. Yeah, so you you could if Gonzaga win, you you'll crawl you'll crawl you'll up the rankings, up. and you'll probably end up like you'll swim up the rankings. Yeah. Now the downside for you, I'm afraid here, Sam, is it turns out that someone randomly picking can do pretty well because the person currently winning our bracket is longtime Big Chill podcast listener, friend of the podcast, Ollie who is oh god is uh, top of the rankings has also picked gonzaga to win the tournament so he's he honestly ollie has basically won our bracket like the only way ollie now loses is if uh it's a non if gonzaga don't win like the, the guy in yeah. second has michigan to win and then Ooh. the person in sixth has houston and then someone in like 10th has alabama so those are the scenarios in which Ollie loses. But if Gonzago if Gonzago win, then I think Ollie's winning our bracket. He's actually hats his, off, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he picked a he picked uh, he picked Ollie, few, Ollie the orangutan. <laughs> his nickname. <laughs> he picked a few upsets. Um, oh, Ollie, Ollie the opossum. That'd be Ollie the octopus. Keep Paul's already the octopus. You can't do another oh, yeah. octopus. There's only one. That's Paul. So just to go through some of the major upsets that have happened. Uh, first round, Ohio, 13 seed, beat Virginia, who is the four seed. Um, UCLA beat BYU. That was a six and an 11. Abilene Christian beat Texas. That was a 14 to three seed. Maryland beat UConn. That was a 10 to seven. Rutgers beat Clemson. That was a 10 to seven. Syracuse beat San Diego State. That was an 11 to a six. Oregon State beat Tennessee. That was a 12 to a five. Uh, what other ones? Or Oral Roberts. That was probably the biggest one of round one. Oral Roberts, the 15 seed, beat Ohio State, the two seed, who many people picked to go to the final four. Um, and then in the second round, it kind of continued a little bit where you had um, Syracuse, the 11 seed, beat West Virginia, the three seed. And Oregon State beat Oklahoma State, the 12 versus four. Loyola, Chicago beat Illinois. That's an eight versus a one. That's a huge drop right there because a lot of people had Illinois going to the final four. 
and Oral Roberts continued their their march and are now in the Sweet 16, having beaten number seven, Florida. And there's still games to play, so there could be a few more upsets. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a an Elite Eight. The Sweet 16, sorry, that has a 12 versus an 8 in it. Yep. And a 15 versus a 3. 11 uh, versus a, 2. A 7 versus a 6 or a 3. Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, uh, yeah. UCLA is currently uh, looking like they're going to win. So that will be an 11, another 11, although they're playing a 14. So either way, it would be yeah. a high seed. But uh, yeah, it's just... Um, is, this, is this really crazy? By yes. Yeah, this is COVID. This is definitely COVID. You know, these teams COVID. haven't played many games. You know, some of them are rusty. Some of them are, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird uh, season. The thing, the so thing to me was the um the walk there was a walkover game in the first round because vcu had players test positive so um well, i can't think of the team now oh oregon. oregon right yeah oregon um automatically won and then came out and beat iowa pretty handedly this morning and that this is what i think needs to get retired in announcing when teams have like that missed or skipped game They'll always be both sides always have to be said, well, are they going to be rusty? Cause they haven't played. They could come out and play rusty or you'll have announcer two say, no, no, no. You know, I think they're going to be well-rested. They're going to be ready to go well-rested. They're going to be fresher than the other team. Can we just, just, just call it a wash. They're rusty and rested. So it all washes off. If I have to keep hearing about like, well-rested, are they going to be, are they going to be a little off? Blah, blah, blah. It's getting so every time a team does this, it always pops up. Oh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Having said that. And I don't, I, I don't mean no, no, any no, no, NCAA no, tournament. No, I mean like in no, general. No, no, I, I was laughing at something else, which I'll mention in a second. I do agree with you. And we had that during the NFL season, right? When there was like Tennessee and it was exactly, oh, they, yeah. they haven't played for two weeks. They're going to be rusty. And then they, they came out and destroyed who they play. I uh, can't remember, but they came out and destroyed a team on, and it was like, oh no, it turns out they weren't rusty. They were just super fresh. Like, yeah. And then it happened the other way too. Like another yeah. team then went out and they're, they're going to be super fresh and rested. And then they played like shit. It's like, oh, I think they were rusty. It's like, no, it just doesn't matter. Now, the only thing, and Ollie, I know will listen to this. Ollie better hope that his bracket does not come down to the tiebreaker, which is of course predicting the final score of the championship game, because Ollie has predicted an absolute barn burner of a game with the final <laughs> score of 124 to 107. Nice. Oh my god. <laughs> which I give him he obviously he knows nothing about college basketball. So he has predicted what is a still a high scoring but reasonable sounding NBA score which is an absolutely ridiculous college basketball score. Do you want to take a guess at the highest scoring game in NCAA history? Just total points? Yes. And th it was not an overtime game. Th this is the highest scoring point in championship or in any round? No. Any round? No, no, just no, not like just like regular season. An NCAA. Oh, maybe... I'll go like 230 points. Is that total? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 No, 230 <laughs> to 227. Let him finish. Let him finish. Non-overtime. Well, Mr. Smartass, 
The high scoring game is 258 to 141. Troy State versus DeVry. <laughs> when was that? Like 1962? <laughs> All right, smart ass. 1992. <laughs> 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 Any other sarcastic things you want to say? Yeah, well, you want to guess you? the attendance? 400K? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, then maybe all these prediction for the the championship game. What's the highest scoring? The attendance for that game, Sam, by the way, was 2,000 people. So So the highest scoring game was 264. So we're saying Ollie's got a chance. He might be able to do it. Oh, nice job so far, Ollie. Yeah. Ollie the orangutan. Maybe we'll have to get a shirt made for him. Maybe that will be his prize, right? We said we'd offer him. I'm sure he'd love like it. An actual orangutan. An actual and it's just one. sitting on a squid. <laughs> we give him like back in the back in the days when they used to drop babies off in front of like hospitals and, and churches in like a little basket. We'll do the same. We'll just put a little baby orangutan in a basket, knock on his door oh, and run away. <laughs> A real baby orangutan. Wow. I didn't know where you were going there. <laughs> Leave a baby uh, on his doorstep. We force him to have to, to care for it for the rest of his life. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed by how much you're enjoying your own. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm now picturing, you know, like 15 years from now, we go to the races at Ascot. And it's like, Ollie. And then he has the orangutan like holding hands. The orangutan comes to the races. Your reaction is more what a funny. great sitcom this is gonna be. Ollie and the orangutan. See it on Sky. Oh wow, straight to the big time. <laughs> BBC one. Now, uh, people's brackets may have been destroyed over the weekend, but the other thing that happened on Friday... (laughs) Where were you going? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Nothing. Just more bracket than destroyed. Uh, There was the draw for the Champions League. Got it. And Europa League on Friday. Okay. So the quarterfinal draw for the Champions League is Manchester City against Dortmund, Porto against Chelsea, Bayern Munich against Paris, Paris Saint-Germain, Real Madrid against Liverpool. And then in the semifinals, it will be either Bayern or PSG against City or Dortmund, or Porto and Chelsea against the winner of Real Madrid and Liverpool. Fair to say that Chelsea got the draw they would have dreamed of. Yeah, it was like the only side of it where they were going to be favor or somewhat parity. Um, so, yeah, still looking. I mean, Man City probably got one of the next best out of that, right? As well, I'd well, say with Dortmund. It would be interesting. If you're City, would you prefer to play in the semi? Would you prefer to have the semi final against Bayern Munich over two legs? Would you be more confident over two? Or would you have rather faced the prospect of Bayern in the final? in a one-off match against them. I never know where to land on this one, whether you feel like the second leg kind of gives you the ability to have a slightly off day and that you think that over the course of two matches, you can prove yourselves. But when it's against a really good team, would you rather just hope that they can just one match get it done? 
I guess Bayern's history of blowing teams away at the moment probably eliminates the uh, second leg thing. But you've got to feel like the second leg would be the right one to do. Because you play badly in one game, it's over. Like Man City, Leon, last time out. But I, I think you'd always want a second game to um, right or wrong. Whereas one game, you'd probably think we played badly and there's nothing we can do about it now. Yeah. And then there's the, to mention the thrilling, League. yeah, the thrilling Europa League draw, which pits Granada against Manchester United, Arsenal against European, let's call them British, British killers, Slavia, <laughs> Slavia yes, who have taken out Leicester and Rangers, Ajax against Roma, which I guess is the tie of the round, and then Dynamo Zagreb against Villarreal. And then it would be Granada or Manchester United against Ajax or Roma and Arsenal or Slavia Prague against Dynamo Zagreb or Villarreal. Wow. So Arsenal's got a, got a shot. It's, it's a pretty weak. Arsenal got the right side of it for sure. Yeah. Now the other thing, right, is Sam, you and I have discussed this because I saw that statistic when I was, I can't remember which Europa League match I was watching a few weeks ago now, um, where they mentioned the statistic that since 2011, only English or Spanish teams have won the Europa League, which kind of blew my mind at the moment that they said it. But this means there is a very good chance that that statistic will stay true because obviously out of Granada or Manchester United, either a Spanish or an English team has to advance to the semifinal. Uh, you would expect Arsenal to go through against Slavia Prague, and you would expect Villarreal to go through against Dynamo Zagreb. So very realistically, three out of the four teams in the semifinals will be either English or Spanish. So Yeah. And even if Dynamo Zagreb hadn't pulled off their win against Spurs, you would have had Spurs in there, which would have even more guaranteed that probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. It should, it should have strengthened the odds. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's not a terrible Europa League. The semifinals will be interesting. I think this mm. round isn't great, um, but the semifinals, if Manchester United go through, if Arsenal go through, I guess either out of Ajax or Roma is interesting, but maybe Roma more interesting. And then Villarreal, that actually gives you a pretty decent set of four teams. Um, yeah. But it is very Other much board. Europe's second competition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's set up for an Arsenal Man U uh, final, which would be uh, quite nice. But Man U notoriously don't do well in semifinals at the moment, which was one of the positive things I saw the other day. A couple of fans commenting on the Leicester defeat in the FA Cup was at least we don't have to eventually lose in a semifinal, which they seem to have a pretty good record of doing at the moment. Yeah, it also, there is a chance of two all-English finals. There is a chance of City against Liverpool and United against Arsenal, which would be a Impressive to do it again, because obviously yes. a couple of years ago, wasn't it, with the, what was it, Spurs, Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal, and, Chelsea. Yeah. All right. Well, any, any other last minute stories you want to get off your chest? No, no, I think that it was a pretty uneventful weekend for me. So not much to report. Yeah. 
scoring as they come. Well, Sam, you got to start watching March Madness. They don't call it March Madness for nothing, Sam. I just call it March. You could, then, you could even watch a game right now, <laughs> like, Sam. You could watch two games right now, Sam. Yeah. Or, I will say, as a or European, you could just watch Ted Lasso. As a European, <laughs> trying to go to bed. One, the one thing I appreciate about about March Madness is at least the early games are very watchable. Like the first game starts for me here at five thirty, so at least the nice thing is like I'm finishing up work and I can put a game on in the background. It starts for me at like nine a.m. <laughs> you can open your ciders then. Oh, nice. All right, boys. Well, I'll talk to you in a few days. See ya.